0: Do you ever hear the alarm go off and think, "Eh, five more minutes? Well, you are not alone. Welcome to the Life as a Team Sport podcast, where we will take the concepts from sports and apply them to everyday life. So whether you're an athlete, a former athlete, the mom of an athlete, or just love watching sports, we invite you to come along with us as we explore family, faith, fitness, and have a lot of fun doing it. This is a podcast by the women of sport for the women of sport.
1: Welcome back to the team room. This is Patricia with Life is a Team Sport, and I am here with Becky Pinio. Becky, hey, how are
0: you? I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm good. So listen, have you started on that kitchen reno project yet? I'm laughing because no, we have not, but we do have a guy coming on Monday to look at Ooh, the kitchen. So okay. Let's start. Okay. You know, it's funny, after we talked about it on Friday, one of my friends sent me a picture. So she does home physical therapy. And so she ends up in a lot of different people's houses and I guess she ended up in this house. That's the exact same floor plan as mine and their kitchen. They've taken out that top row of cabinets that leads into the living room and opened up the whole space. So she asked them if she could take a picture and send it to me. So now it gives me like a visual of what it really looks like. So yeah. So I'm thinking about it. I, you know, eventually you could do it. Yeah, you could do it. And that's what
0: I want to do. I want to look behind me. I want to tear out this, uh, This wall right behind me where the stove is. But that's a whole renovation that we don't have money for yet. One, One thing
1: at a time. One thing at a time. Well, listen, I'm excited to get to the interview today. Today, we have a native of Kent, Ohio. She grew up playing softball, doing bowling, which is super cool. She needs to teach me uh, cheerleading and track. She's now the founder of Mommy on the Move, which is a business to encourage moms because life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mom. She's also the wife of a college basketball coach and mom to three
2: very active boys. So welcome to the show, Tiara Haynes. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. And- I went to school in Kent, but I'm actually from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> oh, okay. Good
1: to know. See, I read that on your bio. Yep. and
2: <laughs> No shade to Kent, you know the Kent area, but yes, um, I'm, I'm actually from Euclid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which okay. It's the smallest Kent, so not really, not really a big difference. <laughs> That's funny. It's
1: good to know, though. It's good yeah. to know. Yeah. That's awesome. So, listen, we've been talking a little bit about home projects. So, do you do home rental projects?
2: You know, I don't, not, a, not like real rental projects. I like de- decor, but not, okay. we're renters still. So, we're not, you know, we're not di- diving into, everybody was doing like all the COVID projects and we were just like, <laughs> right this isn't our house so you guys have fun <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> lucky you but you yeah. don't have to do all those things. yeah no we like we're hanging up pictures and like random stuff like that but that's as fun as it gets over here that's it right yeah <laughs> that works
1: although I guess it saves you because you don't have to do the fixing stuff either so it's oh. probably a little bit of both nope and
2: I got three boys so we do a lot of breaking stuff mm. well, that's, mm. I feel that I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> short into that state, but true <laughs> That's so
1: funny. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Well, listen, we are gonna to get to the interview here in a minute, but before we do that, we would love to hear
2: something from your highlight reel. My highlight reel is we just got a this and this is not a plug. I'm not being paid for this, it's this not a sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> but we just got a Peloton delivered today, and I'm so excited. I have been begging my husband for a Peloton for a long time. And he was like, absolutely not. You're never going to write it. And I was like, I yeah. promise. Like, I'm like one of the kids. I uh-huh. promise. I'm going to use it. I promise. Yep. Then COVID. Yep. And then he still wasn't really sold. Because, you know, at first we were all super hopeful that it was just going to be like two weeks. And that was it, right? Sure. Wrong. Mm. So I was all about it. And then. So, w- something you left out of my bio is I am the president of the Beehive. Completely obsessed with Beyonce, and oh. Oh. when they added the Beyonce ride, I was like, Deontay, oh. we done. are getting a pillow time." Okay,
0: <laughs> that's I so good.
2: Able to ride with my best friend in my ear. Okay, uh huh. You know uh-huh. what so if Same nothing, if nothing pumps you up and gets you ready to work out it's listening to the Queen Bee mm-hmm. with her snatched body in the background. So I'm really excited. I gotta, I gotta, you know, shake off this quarantine pounds <laughs> we, we we stacked on making bread and all kinds of ramps that everybody's yep. doing right. So wow, that's, that's amazing. I'm I'm super excited about that. <laughs> that's cool.
1: So, how does it work exactly? Because I see friends with Pelotons, but is it like a membership that you sign up
2: for and then you can just jump on anytime you want? Yeah, I think, I, honestly, I don't know. It literally came today. So, I was. Really okay, don't know. all right. Um, but I think so. And then they have like all these other workouts too. So, they have like the rides, they have like yoga, they have bar, they have all of these different workouts that you hit classes, I think, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're, I mean, we're a very active family. So, we were like, uh, we would definitely get. The use out of it, mm-hmm. and we can't go to the gym right now. we canceled our gym rem- mem- gym memberships, and the peloton a month was cheaper than a membership for the two of us, you know every month so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sold and sold sold yes. done
1: done <laughs> done that's true. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I love it, I love it. I look forward to hearing your reviews yes. as you start using it. <laughs> All right. Well, we are excited to get to your interview today. And I know that there's lots to talk about in the world of sports and lessons you've learned from sports. But tell us a little bit about your growing up and background first.
2: Yeah. um, So like you mentioned, I played softball. I was a bowler, which is not a typical sport that people (laughs) include in their list. But my dad was a really, really great bowler. Um, Growing up, and um, he and my mom used to like they they were in a bowling league. And so, I have a younger brother. When my my brother and I were young, they put us in a bowling league. And Saturday mornings, we would get up, we would go and, and bowl every Saturday morning. Um, and it was really fun. I mean, you get to eat like concession stand food first thing in the morning. Like what What kid doesn't like that. That's right. It was, it was really fun. And I actually got a partial bowling scholarship to go to college. That's That's probably the most random fact about me. I should start using that as a random fact that I I earned a bowling scholarship. Um, that is good. It's really random and weird, but I did, it was really cool. We went to like the state I don't even want to, I don't think they were championships. I don't know, whatever. We went to like Columbus and I bowled and hey. back with a check. Um, I was a cheerleader, but not like, not the type of cheerleader that is a sport. Cause I feel like I need to make a dispute, mm. you know, there's mm-hmm. a, there is a difference. We were straight up like at Wendy's before a game, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Double cheese, burgers, and nuggets, and then going. Like, it was really just to be cute. It had, it had was There was no sport right. in the cheerleading that I was doing. Okay. Um, I and I ran track. I ran track um, through high school and through my freshman year of college. And then I was like, well, are you going to the Olympics? Because if not, I feel like I could be having a little more fun. So mm, true. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I dropped that in, um, in my freshman year of, of college um but a great time i mean i i i love sports i've always been a sports girl fun fact another fun fact um my husband is a basketball coach and played basketball mm-hmm. but football is actually my favorite sport mm-hmm. and i was a huge tomboy when i was a little girl and we used to live in these apartments that had like a sh- the shared um you know lawn in front
1: yep. oh yeah like a common area yes
2: and so yeah. i was maybe what was i maybe between like 7 and 10 or something huge tomboy and I'm outside playing like touch, not like tackle football with all these yeah. boys in the, in the area. And my dad, who is a, just a little overprotective of me, you know, just a touch, not a, not a ton. His baby girl. <laughs> so he outside. he's like, grabs one of the boys by, by his, like his shirt, you know, at his neck. And he's like, y'all better not be out. You better not hurt my baby. And the little boy, my dad loves to tell the story. It's the only reason I remember. And the little boy goes, Mr. Mitchell, we can't catch her. She's too fast. <laughs> that's right. Get him. I love that. So we're huge Browns uh, fans in our family, and I used to have an Eric Metcalf jersey, and nice. I would be out in front playing football with all the boys yep. in the in the front yard.
1: <laughs> that's how it's done. That's how it's done. I grew up playing football in the neighborhood too. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's yeah.
2: just what you do. That's, that's how I used to go. You you didn't you have anything to do? You go outside and play. So yep that's you're yep. we always thrown outside yep. it was exactly. always outside. exactly go outside, yeah. <laughs> right.
0: which which i did the other day in this 30 it was like 25 feel out here i was like bundle up yep. we're going
2: exactly out. get a coat <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right right that's right so man that's cool that's awesome. about you with the bowling that's pretty yeah cool you were a two-sport collegiate athlete no i didn't bowl in college um, oh, okay, but, okay. So funny. Th- another funny. I was like a night. I'll probably say that nine times <laughs> in the in the time here. But my my dorm room, my freshman dorm room, actually had a bowling alley in our dorm room, like in the common area downstairs. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm pretty petite. I'm a small. I'm five two. You know, and I could say my weight from back then. I won't tell you what I weigh now, but um, yeah. not. Hard. I found differentness. Totally <laughs> I'm like 105 pounds, soaking wet. You know, just tiny little thing, and uh, I get on the on the bowling alley, and I'm like strike, 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 and people are like, I'm like whole con man out there, like y'all want to go bowling? You got five dollars? Like <laughs> you could have made some money.
1: <laughs>
2: like a pool shark, except with bowling. Like that's that's awesome. Awesome. Bowling, you think of like sixty year old, half bold and white men that are like. And here I come, and they're like, hoop earrings. They're like, what is is this? It's funny. (laughs) I
1: love that. That's fantastic. Oh, man. Well, today, we are going to talk about interruptions. And I love this topic. I think that when I think of lessons that I learned from sport, it's usually not the first thing I think Mm -hmm. of. However, it's involved in all the other lessons. Yeah. And so I, I thought that was great when you suggested that. So I know your husband played professional basketball. Um, and so where was he on that journey when you guys got
2: married? And kind of how was that journey for you guys at the beginning? Yeah. Um, well, we started dating our junior year of college. Um, and then he actually graduated a semester before I did. So a couple months after he graduated, he went overseas to Brussels, Belgium. And he played um, for. He was there for a couple months, and then I graduated, and I went for a, a visit, which was supposed to last two weeks. <laughs> uh-huh. I got over there. I mean, I graduated. I didn't have anything to do, and have a job lined up or anything. And um, so I go and visit, and it's you know, we I say dating, but we were we weren't super serious or anything like that. So I wasn't like, what are your hopes and dreams, and where do you see yourself in five years? I was just like. Oh, that sounds like a fun thing to do before I have to be a grown up. So sure, I'll come and visit. Um, and you know, we were we I loved him, but we we had no idea how to be like a real couple. Um, so we went, you know, I went to visit, and I was supposed to stay two weeks, and I was like, "Can I stay a little bit longer?" And I ended up staying for two months and came back not one person anymore, but two people because I was pregnant with our oldest. <laughs> Oh, wow, we okay. got serious <laughs> much quicker than we we right, yeah. Um, yeah. and so that was in 2007 um, when I got pregnant and had our son. 2009, he finally proposed and <laughs> yeah, popped the question, yes. <laughs> and 2010 uh, we got married. So we his first okay. two two seasons overseas, um, our oldest son and I, I stayed home and I worked and. We saw him, the season um, that I had our son was his second season. We saw him four days. He came home for four days when I had our our oldest. Uh, I know, it was the craziest thing. because, And I'm like, every story is going to be the definition of interruptions because nothing in our life makes any sense. But so I'm like waiting until the last minute because he has to get on the like his team is like, he can come home but he gets one shot to come home. So I'm like, I can't be in false labor and call him. I can't, like, I gotta wait till the real deal is happening, right? And so, right, and it's your first baby. It's my baby. first baby, I have no idea. Um, So I'm like, I wake up in the morning I, and I literally work, that's is so funny. I worked at a bank and I was, on Wednesday, I'm like, I'm fully nine months pregnant. And I'm like, mm. a, again, I'm 5'2", this Waddling. huge belly, you know, in the front. And so people would like, the customers will come in and they'll be like, Oh, can I get you know some change or whatever? And I have to hop up, like, you couldn't tell if I was sitting down that I was pregnant. And Then I like get up, and this whole beach ball like pops up, and they're like, Oh, never mind, never mind, it's okay, <laughs> you don't have to go get it. I'm like, It's fine, Effective. and then like 30 minutes later, I come back with the whatever they asked for, right? Uh, right? Wednesday, like, people are every day like, you you should not still be here. I'm like, I'm fine, what else am I gonna do? Sit at home and wait on this baby. So Wednesday, finally, I'm like, all right, I'm exhausted. I'm done. I go home and I'm like walking the stairs. Like, try. I'm like, I'm over it. Eviction notice occurred. Yeah. You got to get out of here, kid. So I'm walking the yeah. stairs. And then that's, I think Sunday is the day. Dre has a, had a game. So they're six hours ahead. He's in Belgium. He had a game. And I'm in labor like all day. And I, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Okay. And I think I took a shower. And they said if the shower made it worse but didn't help, then, then you knew you were really in labor. And I was okay. so afraid I was going to go to the hospital and they were going to be like, nope, you got to go back home. So I was like, I'm waiting. I'm bouncing on uh, the ball and I'm taking shower. I'm like, I'm doing all this stuff because once I go, this is it. We got one shot to get this right. So I call Dre. They get him, They book him a ticket. He, he hops on a flight. But the first thing the next morning, he misses the birth by six hours. No, oh, know, man. crazy, six hours. Anyway, that had nothing to do with you guys. So he <laughs> we saw him for four days that year. The next year I was still working. We saw him for two weeks. Um, oh. and then he came home that season and I was like, all right, I think, I think I've had enough of this. Like our son has got, had gotten a little older and you know, Skype calls. There's only so much Skyping. We had to do Skype back then. We didn't have time or all this fancy stuff. Um, and so we moved to hun- Ketchka Hungary, Hungry with him, where he played his third year of basketball. And That's cool. we were like, I guess that was the test. Like, if you can survive Ketchka Met Hungry, then I'll-, then I'll marry you. Like, I, I-, I totally <laughs> made that up. He didn't say that. Um, but we do say all the time, if you can survive Ketchka Hungary, Hungry, you can survive anything, because there's nothing. Mm. And you're eating goulash. And I mean, it's really, really very cultured, is what, I- what I'm going to say. Um, and- yeah. Not no, a no, location. no. Yeah. Budapest, yes. by the but is though, but yeah. not so much. Okay. Um, so we yeah. go home that summer. He proposed, and um, in 2010 we got married. And so he played for two more seasons after we got married, um, and we traveled both of those seasons. And then his last year, he played. Um, my son and I didn't go, and that was really, really difficult. And then we were like, all right. Whatever comes next, if he gets a coaching, you know, if he got a regular job, a regular job, <laughs> then at home, then he would stay home. And if he got another job overseas, he was just going to not take a job that we couldn't go, you know, that we couldn't all be together. Um, and yeah. so that was that.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, I feel like that's a lot of interruptions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of interruptions that turned into opportunities Absolutely. potentially. But you know, I'm sure there was some hard times yeah. along the way. I mean, what was like culture shock moving to Hungary? What?
2: Like but listen, we we would go to the little I mean, it's this tiny little like a and it's a village. I mean, it's not, you know mm-hmm. and we would go and it's not a place that really a lot of people speak speak English either. Um, That's what yeah I'm wondering. and so yeah. they would we would walk in and I would have a little drink. They were obsessed with his hair, it was really curly. And they it, I mean, it was like we were in a museum or something. They would be like enthralled with our skin and his hair. And we walked into a place. Now, my husband is more calm demeanor than I am. I'm a little bit more, a little more spark to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so we walk into the shop and somebody goes, oh, Choco baby. And I said, excuse me, what? What? No. And, Dre, Dre immediately okay. he's like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, just wait, a- Sierra, just wait, wait a minute." <laughs> no, I'm like taking my earrings off. Yo, no, like, uh huh. Yep. It was a weird. Yep. It was so crazy. So we would like walk around the mall, and people that we had never seen before would want to take his take little Dre's picture. And I mean, it was the craziest thing. And so eventually, you, I learned like it was an adoration thing. And there's there's no black people in Catch Comet Hungry. So Right. <laughs> we were yeah, kind of right. a big deal walking around there. So everybody knew he, you know, that Dre played basketball. He's he's not really a tall guy. Well, not in basketball. He's not tall. He's six one. So um yeah. they were like he, he they knew he was either military or he played basketball. That was those were the only options over there. So. But, but yeah, cultural yeah. I mean, there was no TV, you know, we had to watch everything on like YouTube or um mm-hmm. Well Tier, I gotta tell you, I gotta say something here. Um, it's funny that you talked
0: about this, how you guys were the only people mm-hmm. of color there. And I went I actually went into West Africa when I was right at the end of college and we were the yeah. only white people and they took us to the village out in the in the in the what do you call it? The what do you call it? The bush. Okay. Out in the bush, literally out in the bush. And they would run and the kids oh, would run because we did Bible yeah. lessons. And they would run and they would come and sit with us and they'd love to touch mm-hmm. our hair. And we didn't care. I, mean, yeah. I didn't care. They're, pe- they're kids yeah. and they're people. And I just was like, yeah. you know, but I get like the first thing when you said about what they would say, child, that's different. But, but it is interesting when you've never seen the people before, yeah. like, I don't think those people didn't even have TVs. I mean, they live out in the book. Yeah. So Um, I was the person that looked absolutely different. And that was very different for
2: me because, I mean, I live in America. Exactly. And you don't think about that, you know, culture, the things, the cultural things that we've learned here only really exist here. They don't really, I mean, I won't say only, but, you know, they're not highlighted. So racial things aren't highlighted. So they would, I mean, there were issues where the players would want to, that were native to Hungary, that, you know, the Hungarian players would want to sing songs that had certain lyrics in them. And we would have to explain like, oh, no, baby, you can't. You can't say that.
0: <laughs> like, no, that's yeah, okay. it. We're
2: Like, yes yeah, no, but you're not little white. Like, no. That, <laughs> so I mean, it was. Yeah. It, it, but I, you know, I treasure and I really feel like um, it's such an experience that I think people really have to you need to be in those experiences where you are outside of your comfort zone. And you don't know how to say certain things or, you know, move a certain way. And it really just um, opens up your empathy for other people and how they live and to, you know, to really immerse yourself in other people's culture. It was an incredible time for us. And um, I I miss it. I was, of course, I can complain the whole time we were there because I missed home. Um, But, you know, I, I really miss just that opportunity to be out and about and just, you know, learn different things and be in another culture. It really was an incredible time. Yeah. yeah
1: Yeah. learning another culture is difficult like you said but so rewarding yeah 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 Yeah. i remember i i have a degree in spanish and i've been on several trips to argentina and uruguay and even just learning like the phrases like you said like you don't know the connotation of a word like i knew the spanish word Mm -hmm. for such and such and then they were using a phrase and then so i would say some sort of phrase and they're like Oh, no, no, we don't say it that way. <laughs> right. You don't know yeah. until like, but there's so much beauty in like being able to just learn from each other. And yeah. that's really cool. Yeah.
2: That's really cool. Okay. So mm-hmm.
1: he got back to the United States and then
2: did he get a job in the United States? I know at some point. He, he did. Coaching. So his first job was a coaching job. I mean, and it was, it was the same summer we, we decided we would take, he would take whatever, um, came first our alma mater, um, a spot opened up and he had always stayed in touch with the head coach and the head coach called him and said, hey, you want a job? <laughs> Literally. And he was good. like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, even that, um, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with the coaching position, you know, and how those Yes. The it's not yeah. typical to start out as an assistant coach. You would typically start out as um, a director of operations or player personnel or, um, you know, something in a lower a GA even. Uh, well, you know, it's okay. such a God thing that it literally fell in his lap. And um, at our at our alma mater, a place that we were, you know, we were super comfortable going back to um, and. It just it just worked. It just worked out. I mean, it was it was perfect. Um, eventually, I was able to get a job at that school, too. So we were working at the same university. Um, I mean, it was amazing. So, you know, it was it was definitely one of those things where it was an interruption for him because, you know, he's completely healthy. He's 20, 28 years old. Um, I mean, that guy, I mean, he still walks in a gym and thinks he can challenge whoever, whenever, <laughs> with whatever with his 36 year old niece. And so I'm like, you know, at 28 for me to be like, look, because it was it was more motivated by me. I was scared to death. Mm -hmm. Like the jobs were getting scarcer. The money was getting lower. They were Mm -hmm. less inclined to take, Mm -hmm. um, you know, his family. And I'm like, dude, this doesn't feel worth it to me anymore. You know, like we we ran a good ran run and. You know, it, it's just not making sense. And, um, you know, so he sacrificed. He made that sacrifice for us, for our family. And and so, you know, we we went all in with coaching. It, it looks a lot different than we thought it would uh, entering the business. <laughs> um, I mean, to go from, you know, being a player where you practice two hours a day to a coach where you're actually home for two hours a day, stay, you know, kind of flip flop. Um tough it's you know and Mm -hmm. to to be that you know in a gym and then versus sitting in an office he's not you know he wasn't built to be an office guy and there was a lot of time in the beginning where he was like I don't know if I can do this like and and he's still Mm -hmm. young enough where the players feel like our little brothers and not like our kids Um, and so it's it's tough you know we're 28 they're like they're 19 20 he's like I can still take you I I think (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's probably a good thing it is it really is I mean it's a huge plus for him even still you know it's it, it's it's a quick bonding um tool for him when he can walk right in the gym and lace them up and and go toe-to-toe with those guys um it really I mean it, it immediately bonds him with, with those guys and they love to talk trash and call him an old man and you know all of that kind of stuff and he likes to pull out his grainy highlights from when we were in college <laughs> That's like, we, is that you? We That's can't even right. really see it. It's so, it's so old and grainy. It's on a VHS, dude. Just let it go. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my
1: gosh. So, so, I mean, coaching is a tough job, like you alluded to. Just the job itself um, is tough with all the behind-the-scenes things you have to do. And, you know, like you're dealing with people and you're doing the office job. And then you're also in the gym. And, you know, there's just a lot that goes into it, especially at the college level. So I know you guys started at your alma mater. How has the coaching journey been for you over the last Um, couple of years? We spent four
2: years at Kent State, um, which was incredible. We we did a year at the University of Toledo. We spent two months at um, Illinois State University. Yes, two months, like 60 days. Um, And then we went to the University of Michigan. We spent two years there and we have been at the University of Maryland for the past two years. So I mean, one of the things about coaching is there's no normal. Everybody's path and journey is so different. Mm. And so when people meet us and they hear, you know, how much we've jumped around and moved around, hence the name, "Mommy on the Move." Like a lot, a lot of that came from mm. the moves, you know, mm. that we've made. Obviously, our whole life has been moving. Every year he played overseas, we're in a different city in a different country. You know, we moved a couple of years oh, here no. in the states. You know, it's it's a lot. Um, and and
0: can I ask about your mm-hmm. about your boys? Do you homeschool then, or how did you do school with? do Oh, we? So you just know,
2: honestly, this these last um, two moves, they're just now old enough. So they're thirteen, seven, and six. So my oldest has oh, okay. lived overseas. He's been, home, you know, he's been all over the place. So they're just. We've <laughs> been really blessed. They're they're super adaptable. They don't know anything else. Um, that doesn't mean that yep, doesn't mean it's kids. not doesn't come with kicking and screaming sometimes because, you know, one of the, where I had this interruptions re- re- revelation, that's the word I'm looking for. Yes. Um, is when we were at the university of Michigan. So, you know, we knew going in that the, the head coach was an older guy is John B line. He was like 65 when we got there and there were whispers of him retiring when we, when we went there. Um, and, and even to backtrack a little bit, Dre, we were, how old were we? 32, I think, maybe. Yeah, something around, somewhere around there, 30, 32 or 33. So on paper, nothing about this guy looks like he's the one that gets this job, right? And we've been at, we, he just took a new job. Like just, we we are literally <laughs> unpacking boxes as this happen, this is <laughs> happening, which by the way, I had completely unpacked and I never do that. That's but our families were coming uh, to visit, and I was like, my mother in law cannot come up in here. And I got our board boxes in my list. <laughs> and I got to get it together, <laughs> completely uh-huh. unpacked. Yeah. And so, um, they had filled. They had. Two, they had one spot open up, and then somebody was like, "Oh, Dre, this would have been such a good spot." And Dre, and my husband's from Detroit, so this is like dream job for Close. him. You know, he wanted. School there, he didn't get a chance to play yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And so he he honestly, when the first spot opened up, he was like, It's cool. I just got here, you know, my time will come. It's it's fine. And ironically enough, the other one of the other assistants that was on the staff with us at ISU got the first open position at Michigan. Then a second position opens up, the same season, the same season. And his name is floating around, and we're like, we don't even know how this is happening. So this is literally one of those things where it's like, his name is being mentioned in rooms that he's never stepped foot in, um, and you know he gets the call, and and he they're like, "Are you interested?" "Uh, yeah, <laughs> no brainer. Yeah. We're on our way." Um, and now. so he goes and he interviews and he interviews again and he interviews again and he and he gets the job, and so. You know, go and people. So there was he was asking around, like, "What do you, you know, what do y'all think?" And so there were a couple people that were like, "Well, you know, you probably won't get a lot of time there, you know, yada yada yada." And I'm like, "Look, any time at the University of Michigan at our age in your position, we'll take it. Like, that to have that on your resume, are you crazy? Like, I don't care if it's thirty days. Like, yeah. take that, yeah. right? Um, we're going. Which sounded in theory, wow. but once we got there, I mean, we completely fell in love with." The staff, the families, the you know the community um, welcomed us so beautifully. We were thirty minutes from his family. We were two two and a half hours from mine. Uh, We had a beautiful home. I mean, it it would it could not have been any more perfect. And then we woke up on what was supposed to be just a regular. Well, in the two years that we were there, the first year we went seventeen and zero at home, seventeen and one at home. We won wow. 33 games, which was like a, a record, of record wins. Um, we won the Big Ten Championship, and we went to the National Championship. Um, so we were the second-best team in the country his first year at Michigan. Second year in Michigan, we won the Big – no, we didn't win the Big Ten again. We had another good run. Whatever. I forget what happened the second year. Mm-hmm. But so after two of the most yes. amazing basketball seasons he's ever coached, we wake up on a Monday morning after the season – And we found out on the news that the head coach took a a job with the Cleveland Cavaliers and that he was leaving. And we were like, what? (laughs) What is this? And, you know, every other time we had, it was our choice. You know, we're leaving, we're going to go on to something Mm -hmm. that we feel like is a better opportunity. And this time it was literally like, it felt like he got fired for succeeding. Like, or being great, you know. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with that? What do you, what you know? We our, our faith is put to the test. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when you feel like, oh, God put us here, and He put this staff together, and and we're like, so did the same guy oh, that did yes. that do this? Like, as what what do you do yes. with this? You know, my husband is the sole provider. I was, right. You know, I'm a stay at home mom, and so now he's like. How am I supposed to provide for my family? And at the seemingly worst possible time of the year, it's it's after most of the this is in May. So again, I don't know how familiar you are, but most yes. of the jobs are filled by the, it's not a good time to be yeah. looking, you know, at that time of year. And um, you know, it was just one of those things where, and I <laughs> this is not a plug, but I wrote a blog about it because it was just really impactful. And I think it's important for people to hear and understand that this piece of the coaching um, life that, you know, th- whatever happens to a coach happens to his family. And so, you, know, you hear people say really unkind mm-hmm. things in the stands and, um, you know, during the games or, you know, whatever. And our kids are in the stands, you know, our families are here supporting the team and in the stands. And, You know, it's just like, I get it. You know, things are frustrating. And as a fan, I'm an avid fan, sports fan, too. But this is still these are still kids. You know, the kids that are playing, there's are kids. These are You know, I'm looking at them like they're my kids. And then my actual children are sitting here and listening to how you're being, you know, it's it can be an ugly scene at times. Um, And so in. Because I, I wrote this and it just. I couldn't redo it if I wanted to, but you know, in the mo- I wrote in the moments that life throws the unexpected at you, remember these things. Hold on to the truth that you know. We know God has never failed us or left us before. Matthew 6, 31, 32 mm-hmm. We know even when we didn't know why things are the way they are that everything has always worked together for our good. Romans 8:28. Even when it looked like there was no way, we have never wanted for anything or lacked in anything. Philippians 4:19. And I read this book um, by Priscilla Shire, um, Life Interrupted, and I read and I just so happened to read it that, that summer that Dre had lost his that had lost didn't get retained. And a quote from her book is: "Perhaps mm-hmm. your husband's work is such that the possibility of relocating every few years is more likely than not. If you only choose to view this as an interruption, you'll grow paralyzed with frustration." But if you see it as a divine intervention, then your eyes will be open to the new opportunities, open to you with each move. And it was so I mean, it brought me to tears because it, 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 it can feel so isolating and feel like nobody else understands this life or what we what we go through. When I know that that's not true, there's military families, there's you know, there's there's so many other people that have jobs that are similar um, to what we go through. And, and so to see that, not only but to see it, but for it to be you know, founded in, in Christ, in, in what Christ says that we're supposed to go through, excuse me, um, just brought me a piece that, you know, and, and really like mm-hmm. brought me back to, to where I was supposed to be. And you know, we have a pastor that we're really close with that um, pastored us in Kent, and we went back to visit him. When we were still in limbo, and we didn't know where we were gonna go, and he was like, you know, you guys keep talking about Michigan like the favor is on Michigan. not on Michigan. The favor is over your mm-hmm. life. God has God favors you, not the University of Michigan.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, so
2: yeah, that's a good because word. we had held mm-hmm. it up so high, you know, because we had been so successful there and we knew our people. And and he was right. like, You'll get that wherever you go, because it's on you. It's not about where you've been. And I just really felt really deeply that, you know, that can be applied to a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And, you know, for us to view those things that we see as interruptions are not they're, they're not new to God. They're not a surprise to him. He knew that we would only be there for those two years and we would be in <laughs> our minds for two months before we knew mm-hmm. what was going to happen. But it prepares us for the next interruption because we can go back and see how he brought us through that last one know without a shadow of a doubt that yep. he's going to bring us mm-hmm. through this one too. There's, and, and, and so now, you know, yep. our summers are bouncing from city to city to see all these people that we've met all over the place that we love and that love us and as sad as it is to leave those people behind and to, to have to move on, what a beautiful thing to be like, oh, we're going to stop in Toledo and see so-and-so and yep. then we're going to go here and see this person and then we're going to go. You know, that's our life. And we have never been anywhere um yeah. you know i say this in the humblest way but, but we are just a lovable family and we have been so blessed that wherever our feet land mm-hmm. we just we have really been blessed with the people that we've we've come in contact with everywhere we've gone and you know as hard as it will be you know the when the, if the day comes that we have to leave here we have all of those because you know, without those trials and, and tribulations, where does our faith lie? We, we, there's no need to have faith if it always goes right. Mm-hmm. And so we have to experience those moments where yes. we don't know what the heck is going to happen, and it's got to be tested. So that way we, you know, we can look back and, like I said, see, well, here's a time where we went through some stuff and God pulled us out of that. Well, here's another time. You, we, there's a quote: "You've already been through all of your worst days and survived them," or something like that. And it's just so true because um, he 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 never fails us, and I and and I think it's important to have those moments where you know we try our best to have open conversations with our kids about when we are going to move, and you know how do they feel? And our oldest is you know the the older he gets now, I, we have had a conversation. He's about to be in high school, and I'm like, all right, now look, <laughs> he has had more moves than a kid <laughs> should ever have to experience in a lifetime, and I feel like a sacrifice that we owe him is to let him get through high school with his same friends. So you know, it, it's tough, you know, our being a mm-hmm. kid that yeah. that doesn't really have they asked us, they were like, where are we from? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, I mean I can tell you where you were born, but you know, and it's all we all we all literally right. laugh when people right. ask us like, where are you guys from? We're like, well, how much time do you have? So yeah, it's you know, it's interesting, but yeah. I, I wouldn't change I wouldn't change a thing. I honestly wouldn't. And now if you ask me on another day, I might have a different answer. Yeah, (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um,
1: I know you kind of already covered it and what you said in your blog, but what advice do you have for other women who are dealing with interruptions? Because I feel like, you know, especially
2: since COVID, everyone feels like they're dealing with interruptions on different levels. Yeah, what I was getting ready to say and it kind of goes is, you know, I just had to fully embrace our life. Um, and so, you know, this will look different for other people, but I'm going to just put it through the lens that we lived it, which is my husband is a basketball coach. He does not walk through the door and leave work at work. That's not the type of life that we live. And so, you know, I spent uh, the first couple of years Mm -hmm. kind of resenting him for not being able to turn it off when he got home. Um, and, and feeling in those interruptions where it would be like, oh, coach, can you come pick me up? Cause I'm in some trouble and I need some help or coach, I I don't know if I'm gonna pass this mm-hmm. class. I need you to call somebody and make something happen. And so at some point I had to shift my perspective from, oh, here we go again to thank God that they have somebody on this staff that they can trust, that they can talk to, that they can mm, lean on. Beautiful. Because the reality is, you know, a good amount of these young men that my husband is ministering, to because this is ministry um may not have you know a a man in their lives that can because for us it's dre says this all the time it's bigger it's so much bigger than basketball for us and so you know we got to the point where thanksgiving was at our house uh you know christmas because these kids are they're away Mm -hmm. from their families and i think our journey in being you know overseas for so many years and being away from our families I don't take that lightly. I know what it's like to be away from my family for the holidays and be missing food and, you know, like the comfort of home. And so, you know, we tell our recruits all the time, like, I'm a mom, (laughs) Um, you know, and I'm a mom all the time. I don't ever shut it off. They call me Mama Haynes, Mama T, you know, I'm always somebody's mom. I like it. And, um, but, you know, we don't take that lightly that they're leaving. They're entrusting us with their children. Mm -hmm. And so I just had to decide, like, this is our life and it is going. So I'm either going to keep being resentful or I'm going to fully embrace it. And so there are Mm -hmm. times where I have to meet him where he is. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's more of a, you know, a burden or a time consuming on me to get my kids dressed and pack them up and drive them to him and meet him at the gym and bring him food and, you know, whatever that looks like. That won't always be, you know, our journey, or you know, that's in season, and, and everything is a season. I think that's the other thing too, is like the the good won't last forever, but the bad won't last forever either. And so, you know, it sounds cliche, but just trying your best to really just enjoy whatever season you are in because it won't last. And so, once that season is over, then you'll miss the things that 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 were happening in that season. It never fails. Yeah, it's true.
1: Well, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. I have loved chatting with you. Um, But before we let you go,
2: we need to hear something from your blooper reel. So Dallas, my six-year-old, we call him a, um, what's the kid? A sour patch kid. Because first he's sour, then he's sweet. So you never know who you're going to get, right? (laughs) And of course, we're still in virtual school. So he's, you know, he's on the computer all the time. So I'm like, I'm like, at this point, we should be, we should be good. We should be in a group, right? So I get them signed on and then I carry on, you know, kind of about my day and I'm moving around, blah, 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 whatever. I come in the class, the classroom, that slash office slash, you know, whatever. And my man, they have desks. I bought them little desks, you know, my two younger ones, I bought them desks. They have desks. Mm -hmm. He's taken his laptop from the desk. There's a couch in the, in the classroom too. He's on the couch and no lie. He's knocked out. Like he's sleeping. Bear. Camera on the whole night. So his teacher, she's so sweet. She sends me this email. She's like, Mrs. Haynes, um, Dallas just bless his heart. He is he is sleeping so good on class. do you mind just turning his camera off so he doesn't touch the other kids in the class. Okay. That's <laughs> oh awesome. My she's so
0: that's sweet. a you know, good like, teacher.
2: She's probably like, Girl, where are oh. you and what are you doing? Your child is not up. He's sweet, honey. <laughs> I'm like Dallas, <laughs> What He's you sick. doing? He was oh, knocked out. He, I came. I said, I said, Dallas, you sleep. He said, Hmm. He couldn't open his
0: eyes. <laughs> 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 oh, my, my mom fell for. It. That's good.
1: La, 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 la. Before we close up here, we want to know if you have a woman that has inspired you in life. I do. Her name is
2: Lynette G. And I met her and her husband at the Final Four in 2016. And it was my first time attending as a coach's wife. And they just they took us under their wing. But Mm -hmm. She's the wife that I can call when I'm like, I quit. I don't want to be a coach's wife no more. This is dumb, and I hate it here. <laughs> and she's like, "Well, I hear you. Yeah. Let's pray yeah. about that. Let's-, <laughs> 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 let's let's unpack that a little bit. Where you know what's going on over there." So that's my girl. She checks on me. She keeps me in check because you know, like I mentioned earlier, I may have a little bit of a fire firecracker spirit, um, but she helps me give my husband grace in the moment when <laughs> it's really hard to because, you know, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't understand what it's like to be a coach's wife, the same as I don't understand what it's like to be a coach. And, um, so she has she has really just been a mm-hmm. rock for me to lean on in this journey and to see her walk it out in such grace and just um, modesty and, you know, she, she adores her husband and he adores her. He calls her his queen. I mean, they're like, they're the cutest couple. And mm-hmm you know their children are older they you know, I will leave I will leave you with this y'all know I yeah. don't know this about me but I like to talk um, <laughs> but one of the most oh, profound no, things no, she no, shared no. with me as a coach's wife was um, you know their job is really hard and to be in his soft space when he comes home mm. and, Um, I I love that and I, you know, I am not always the softest. you know, I'm a boy mom, I got all these boys around, and it tends to to harden me, me. I can't speak for anybody else. It hardened me a little bit. And so I hear her her words echo in Mm. my head when I when I'm when I feel, you know, hardened, she's like my little holy spirit. She's like, Tiara, are you a soft space for him to land? Like, no. Yeah, <laughs> hey, right. At least see you're on Maybe try get Not today, you know, get back just- to me tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, to see these couples still madly in love 30 years down the line is is incredibly encouraging. And I need it because someday I'm like, this is going to break us. I don't know if we're going to make it. Mm. Uh, you know, and I can look to them and just be super encouraged. <laughs> and she, she never not answers my calls, my text messages. And it has been um, just really pivotal in my journey as a coach's wife. So thank you, Lynette. I love you.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. We have loved this conversation. Mm -hmm. I have gotten a ton out of it. I wrote down the book recommendation that you talked about and just the idea, Becky took a whole page of notes, um, just the idea of how to handle interruptions, because they happen all the time in varying degrees. And knowing that this too shall pass mm-hmm, I yeah, think so. is an important part of that and then knowing too that God's got you mm-hmm. um, is the other part so awesome well you have been listening to Life is a Team Sport in our team room with Tierra Haynes the owner of Mommy on the Move if you like this episode be sure to subscribe and you can also find us on the web at lifeisateamsporteveryday.com and never forget life is a team sport and you are never alone